Chapter 7, verses 18 through 28. Of Catina Aurea, Gospel of St. Luke, Part 1, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 18 through 23. And the disciples of John showed him of all these things. And John, calling unto him two of his disciples, sent them to Jesus, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? When men were come unto him, they said, John Baptist has sent us unto thee, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? And in the same hour he cured many of their infirmities and plagues, and of evil spirits, and unto many that were blind he gave sight. Then Jesus answering said unto them, Go your way, and tell John what things ye have seen and heard, how that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, to the poor the gospel is preached, and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Cyril. Certain of his disciples relate to the Holy Baptist the miracle which was known to all the inhabitants of Judea and Galilee, as it follows, and they told John, etc. Bede, not as it seems to me in simpleness of heart, but provoked by envy, for in another place also they complain, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, behold the same baptizeth, and all men come unto him. Chrysostom. But we are then most raised up to him when we are fallen into straits. John, therefore, being cast into prison, takes the opportunity, when his disciples were most in need of Jesus, to send them to Christ. For it follows, And John, calling two of his disciples, sent them to Jesus, saying, Art thou he that should come, etc. Bede. He says not, Art thou he that hast come, but, Art thou he that should come. The sense is, Tell me who am to be slain by Herod, and about to descend into hell, whether I should announce thee to the souls below, as I have announced thee to those above. Or is this not befitting the Son of God, that thou art going to send another for these sacraments, Cyril, but we must altogether disallow such an opinion, for nowhere do we find the Holy Scripture stating that John the Baptist foretold to those souls in hell the coming of our Savior. It is also true to say that the Baptist was not ignorant of the wonderful mystery of the incarnation of the only begotten. And so also, along with the other things, had known this, that our Lord was about to preach the gospel to those who were in hell, after he had tasted death for all living as well as dead. But since the word of Holy Scripture indeed declared that Christ would come as the Lord in chief, but the others were sent as servants before him, therefore was the Lord and Savior of all, called by the prophets, He who cometh, or who is to come. According to that, Blessed is he who cometh in the name of the Lord, and a little while, and he who is to come shall come and will not tarry. The blessed Baptist, therefore, receiving as it were this name from Holy Scripture, sent certain of his disciples to seek whether it was indeed he who cometh, or who is to come. Ambrose. But how could it come to pass that him of whom he said, Behold him who taketh away the sins of the world, he should still not believe to be the Son of God? For either it is presumption to attribute to Christ a divine action ignorantly, or it is unbelief to have doubted concerning the Son of God. 
but some suppose of John himself that he was indeed so great a prophet as to acknowledge Christ. But still, as not a doubting but pious prophet disbelieved that he would die, whom he believed was about to come. Not therefore in his faith, but in his piety he doubted. As Peter also, when he said, Be it far from thee, Lord, that this shall not be unto thee. Cyril, or he asked the question by economy, for as the forerunner he knew the mystery of Christ's passion, but that his disciples might be convinced how great was the excellence of the Savior, he sent the more understanding of them, instructing them to inquire and learn from the very words of the Savior, whether it was he who was expected. As it is added, but when the men were come unto him, they said, John the Baptist hath sent us unto thee, saying, Art thou he, etc. But he, knowing as God, with what intention John had sent them, and the cause of their coming, was at the time performing many miracles, as it follows, and in the same hour he healed many of their infirmities, etc. He said not positively to them, I am he, but rather leads them to the certainty of the fact, in order that receiving their faith in him, with their reason agreeing thereto, they might return to him who sent them. Hence he made not answer to the words, but to the intention of him who sent them. As it follows, And Jesus answering said unto them, Go your way, and tell John what things you have seen and heard. As if he said, Go and tell John the things which ye have heard indeed through the prophets, but have seen accomplished by me. For he was then performing those things which the prophets prophesied he would do. That is, of which it is added, For the blind see, the lame walk. Ambrose. An ample testimony, surely, that the prophets acknowledged the Lord. For of the Lord himself it was prophesied, That the Lord giveth food to the hungry, Raiseth up them that are bowed down, Looseth the prisoners, Openeth the eyes of the blind, And that he who doeth these things shall reign forever. Such, then, are not the tokens of human but divine power, but these are found seldom, or not at all before the gospel. Tobias alone received sight, and this was the cure of an angel, not of a man. Elias raised the dead, but he prayed and wept, and then commanded. Elisha caused the cleansing of a leper, yet then the cause was not so much in the authority of the command as in the figure of the mystery. Theophylact. These are also the words of Elias, saying, The Lord himself shall come and save us. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as in heart. Bede. And what is not less than these? The poor have the gospel preached to them. That is, the poor are enlightened by the Spirit, or hidden treasures, that there might be no difference between the rich and the poor. These things prove the faith of the Master, when all who can be saved by him are equal. Ambrose. But still these are but slight examples of the testimony to the Lord. The full assurance of faith is the cross of the Lord, his death and burial. Hence he adds, And blessed is he who shall not be offended in me. For the cross may cause offense even to the elect, but there is no greater testimony than this of a divine person, for there is nothing which seems to be more surpassing the nature of man than that one should offer himself for the whole world. 
Cyril, or else he wished by this to show that whatever was passing in their hearts could not be hid from his sight. For they were those who were offended at him. Ambrose, but we have before said that mystically John was the type of the law, which was the forerunner of Christ. John then sends his disciples to Christ, that they might obtain the filling up of their knowledge, for Christ is the fulfilling of the law. And perhaps those disciples are the two nations, of whom one of the Jews believed, the other of the Gentiles believed because they heard. They wish then to see, because blessed are the eyes that see. But when they shall have come to the gospel, and found that the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, then shall they say, We have seen with our eyes, for we seem to ourselves to see him whom we read of. Or perhaps through the instrumentality of a certain part of our body, we all seem to have traced out the course of our Lord's passion. For faith comes through the few to the many. The law then announces that Christ will come. The writings of the gospel prove that he has come. Verses 24 through 28. And when the messengers of John were departed, he began to speak unto the people concerning John. What went ye out into the wilderness for to see? A reed shaken with the wind? But what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they which are gorgeously apparelled and live delicately are in king's courts. But what went ye out for to see? A prophet. Yea, I say unto you, much more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. For I say unto you, Among those that are born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist, but he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Cyril, the Lord, knowing the secrets of men, foresaw that some would say, If until now John is ignorant of Jesus, how did he show him to us, saying, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world? To quench therefore this feeling which had taken possession of them, he prevented the injury which might arise from the offense. As it follows, and when the messengers of John were departed, he began to speak unto the people concerning John. What went he out for to see? A reed shaken in the wind? As if he said, Ye marvel at John the Baptist and oftentimes came to see him, passing over long journeys in the desert, surely in vain. If you think him so fickle as to be like a reed bending down, whichever way the wind moves it, for such he appears to be, who lightly avows his ignorance of the things which he knows. Tit bost. But you went not out into the desert, where there is no pleasantness, leaving your cities, except as caring for this man. Greek Expositor. Now these things were spoken by our Lord after the departure of John's disciples, for he would not utter the praises of the Baptist while they were present, lest his words should be counted as those of a flatterer. Ambrose. Not unmeaningly then is the character of John praised there, who preferred the way of righteousness to the love of life, and swerved not through fear of death. For this world seems to be compared to a desert, into which as yet barren and uncultivated, the Lord says we must not enter as to regard men puffed up with a fleshly mind and devoid of inward virtue and vaunting themselves in the heights of frail worldly glory 
as an example and model for our imitation. For such being exposed to the storms of this world and tossed to and fro by a restless life are rightly compared to a reed. Greek Expositor We have also an infallible testimony to John's way of life, in his manner of clothing and his imprisonment, into which he never would have been cast had he known how to court princes. As it follows, but what went he out for to see? A man clothed with soft raiment? Behold, they who are gorgeously apparelled and live delicately are in king's houses. By being clothed with soft raiment, he signifies men who live luxuriously. Chrysostom. But a soft garment relaxes the austerities of the soul. And if worn by a hard and rigorous body, soon by such effeminacy makes it frail and delicate. But when the body becomes softer, the soul must also share the injury, for generally its workings correspond with the conditions of the body. Cyril. How then could a religious strictness so great that it subdued to itself all fleshly lusts sink down to such ignorance, except from a frivolity of mind, which is not fostered by austerities, but by worldly delights. If then ye imitate John, as one who cared not for pleasure, award him also the strength of mind, which befits his continence. But if strictness no more tends to this than a life of luxury, why do you, not respecting those who live delicately, admire the inhabitant of the desert, and his wretched garment of camel's hair. Chrysostom. By each of these sayings, he shows John to be neither naturally nor easily shaken or diverted from any purpose. Ambrose. And although very many become effeminate by the use of softer garments, yet here other garments seem to be meant, namely our mortal bodies, by which our souls are clothed. Again, luxurious acts and habits are soft garments, but those whose languid limbs are wasted away in luxuries are shut out of the kingdom of heaven, whom the rulers of this world and of darkness have taken captive. For these are the kings who exercise tyranny over those who are their fellows in their own works. Cyril, but perhaps it does not concern us to excuse John upon this ground, for you confess that he is worthy of imitation. Hence he adds, but what went ye out for to see? A prophet? Verily I say unto you, more than a prophet. For the prophets foretold that Christ would come. But John not only foretold that he would come, but also declared him to be present, saying, Behold the Lamb of God. Ambrose. Indeed, greater than a prophet, or more than a prophet, was he in whom the prophets terminate. For many desired to see him whom he saw, whom he baptized. Cyril, having then described his character by the place where he dwelt, by his clothing, and from the crowds who went to see him, he introduces the testimony of the prophet, saying, This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my angel. Titus Bost, he calls a man an angel, not because he was by nature an angel, for he was by nature a man, but because he exercised the office of an angel in heralding the advent of Christ. Greek expositor, but by the words which follow, before thy face, he signifies nearness of time, for John appeared to men close to the coming of Christ. Wherefore, must he indeed be considered more than a prophet? For those also who in battle fight close to the sides of kings, 
are their most distinguished and greatest friends. Ambrose, but he prepared the way of the Lord, not only in the order of birth according to the flesh, and as the messenger of faith, but also as the forerunner of his glorious passion. Hence it follows, who shall prepare thy way before thee? Ambrose, but if Christ also is a prophet, how is this man greater than all? But it is said among those born of women, not of a virgin, for he was greater than those whose equal he might be in a way of birth. As it follows, for I say unto you, of those that are born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. Chrysostom, the voice of the Lord is indeed sufficient to bear testimony to John's preeminence among men, but any one will find the real facts of the case confirming the same. By considering his food, his manner of life, the loftiness of his mind, for he dwelt on earth as one who had come down from heaven, casting no care upon his body, his mind raised up to heaven, and united to God alone, taking no thought for worldly things, his conversation grave and gentle, for with the Jewish people he dealt honestly and zealously, with the king boldly, with his own disciples mildly, he did nothing idle or trifling, but all things becomingly. Isidore Peleus John was also greatest among those that are born of women, because he prophesied from the very womb of his mother, and, though in darkness, was not ignorant of the light which had already come. Ambrose Lastly, so impossible is it that there should be any comparison between John and the Son of God, that he is counted even below the angels, as it follows, but he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Bede These words may be understood in two ways. For either he called that the kingdom of God, which we have not yet received, in which are the angels, and the very least among them is greater than any righteous man, who bears about a body which weighs down the soul. Or if by the kingdom of God be meant to be understood the church of his time, the Lord referred to himself, who in the time of his birth came after John, but was greater in divine authority, and the power of the Lord. Moreover, according to the first explanation, the distinction is as follows. But he who is least in the kingdom of God, and then it is added, is greater than he. According to the latter, but he who is least, and then added, is greater in the kingdom of God than he. Chrysostom. For he adds this, that the abundant praise of John might not give the Jews a pretext to prefer John to Christ. But do not suppose that he spoke comparatively of his being greater than John. Ambrose, for he is of another nature, which bears not comparison with humankind, for there can be no comparing of God with men. Cyril, but in a mystery, when showing the superiority of John among those that are born of women, he places in opposition something greater, namely himself who was born by the Holy Spirit, the Son of God. For the kingdom of the Lord is the Spirit of God, Although then, as respects works and holiness, we may be inferior to those who attained unto the mystery of the law, whom John represents, yet through Christ we have greater things, being made partakers of the divine nature. End of chapter 7, verses 18 through 28.